last week we started like a little mini series inside this series where we're talking about dating for three weeks. And so if you were here last week, if you weren't, um, all messages are on Spotify, you can listen to that later. But we started talking specifically about like, hey, before you date, like what kind of, of woman, what, what is a godly woman like that we can find in the Bible? And so we went to the, the most popular passage of scripture talking about godly women. It was Proverbs 31. We just kind of went through this list and you're like, hey, like this is what God celebrates. Like, and, and we went through this whole list and it was awesome. So yes, we talked mostly to the ladies and just be like, hey, here's, here's the goal like to, to shoot for. But we were also talking to the guys and we were like, hey, hey guys, like if you ever want to ask a lady out, like look at these markers and honestly, don't settle for anything less. That, that's in the simplest way possible. Like, hey, this is what a godly woman looks like. Don't date or ask someone out that isn't like that. And so tonight we're going to continue and we're specifically going to be talking about a godly guy. So yes, we're going to talk about dudes, but ladies, that does not mean that, that you, you get to check out either. Because check this out. I know that some of y'all are either dating right now. Some of y'all want to date right now. And more than likely, I mean, eventually in the future, if you don't want to date anyone, praise God, don't do it. Like, you know, just wait like 20 years and it'll be, it'll be great. But I know that so many of y'all want to be asked out by a guy. And so then what I want to give you is a list of godly traits where if this guy is not winning in these areas, don't say yes. Don't settle for anything less than what we are going to put in front of you today. So if you are a guy and you are dating someone, then this is going to hopefully be a mirror to look at your life and be like, hey, how am I doing in these areas? Am I winning in these areas? Or do I have some areas to grow? If you're a guy that wants to date someone, then heads up. I'm going to tell the ladies specifically, do not settle for anyone less than this. Don't settle for anyone less than this. This is the standard I'm going to, to just put before them. And if you literally don't care about dating, praise God. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you're here. Again, no rush. We'll talk more specifically next week about like what does it look like when you actually are dating, but no, no rush. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't do it. But if that's you, I don't care. I'm not really interested. I don't want to do any of this stuff. Whether you're a guy or a girl, we are still going to look at six characteristics, six character traits from God's word that all of us can grow if we are going to be more like Jesus. And so if you have a copy of God's word, and I hope you do, um, I think there's hopefully a Bible in, in every spot. Um, if you need one, you can share with someone around you. Where, uh, but we're going to go to probably one of the most famous passages about godly men. Last week was easy. Proverbs 31. Yeah, duh. That's, that's the most famous coffee cup, you know, chapter of the Bible when it talks about godly women. But for godly dudes, there isn't as specific or popular of a passage of scripture to look at. And so, where are we going? Trick question. There's not really a good spot. But here's what we're going to do. We are going to go to a place that probably is not going to make sense. We're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. If you have one of these blue Bibles, um, it's going to be on page 557. Page 557. We're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 3. Now, if you have a, a paper Bible, and I think it's even on like online and stuff, when you see stuff like this, normally there will be these little headings that will say, hey, what are the next couple verses about? 
It's a little summary of, of what are we looking at. And so in 1 Timothy 3, starting in verse 1, you, you see this phrase that says, the qualifications for overseers and deacons, depending on the version or Bible that you use, they, they change this word out. The word overseer, pastor, shepherd, if you have like a King James version, it uses the word bishop. You know, like, like they're all talking about, in, in the New Testament, they're all talking about the same thing. It's talking about the qualifications of a pastor. Now, I know that not everyone in here wants to be a pastor. I would say, I don't know of any of y'all that want to be a pastor, and that, that is okay. But, biblically speaking, pastors are held to the highest standard in the Bible. There's a couple places in the New Testament where it talks specifically about like the qualifications of a pastor, but they are held to the highest standard. And so, guys, whether you want to be a pastor or not, if you want to grow in godly character, you want to be held to the highest standard, here we go. Here's a list. And ladies, same thing. If you want to date or, or and eventually marry a guy that is held to the highest standard, well, then look at these and, and compare and be like, hey, how, how is this guy doing compared to these things. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to read the first seven verses, and then we're going to summarize them into six points. So, so uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, so let's start in verse 1. It says that here is a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. I'm going to pause. So this is literally saying, hey, if you want to be a pastor, that's a good thing. Go for it. So that, that's why this isn't just a, you know, this is for two people in the room. No, this is, hey, if, if anyone wants to do this, you desire a noble test. So what is this person like? Verse 2. Now, an overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. So, depending on how you want to count, there's roughly 12 to 15 things in these seven verses of qualification. You'd be like, hey, check this out, check this out, check this out, do this, do this, do this. And what we're going to do is we're going to summarize them into six points. So if you're taking notes, you, you can know we're going to go through six different things. And guys, again, check yourself. How are you doing in these areas? And ladies, check yourself. Be like, hey, I don't want to date a guy that's not this. And while these things are not, you know, guy specific, these are also still awesome things for all of us to work on. But the first thing, if you were to see all these summarized, we see that a godly man has good commitment. You got to look, hey, what are you committed to? What is this, a, a godly man's commitments? Because through all of these things, again, there's like 14-ish character traits, and no one gets to have these character traits unless you are committed to growing in these areas. Like all of these awesome things that this guy is doing and, and all this cool stuff, like you don't get that by chance. It's not an accident. No, you, it's, it's constantly making hard decisions over and over and over. You're, that person is committed to growing in all of these areas. So guys, like, what are you committed to? What do you devote your time and your thoughts and your energy to? What do you spend your money on? What do you spend your time doing? What, how do you spend your time? Like, what do you think about? Uh, thinking about, like, hey, like, are you committed to sports? 
Are you committed to, to video games? Are you committed to um, relationships? Again, none of those things are bad. Like, if you're committed to the Chiefs, like, you, sh- you know, you're supposed to be if you're in Kansas City. But, like, just because you're committed to that, it's the question of, like, but are you committed to that more than Jesus? Are, are you thinking about, you know, that fourth quarter or that overtime more than you're thinking about Jesus? What are you committed to? Are you committed to growing and being a better person? Friends, ladies, let me specifically tell you. When, when you're thinking about, hey, what kind of guy would you ever want to date? You have to ask, hey, just look, what is that guy committed to? We'll talk about this a little bit more next week. We talk about this a little bit last week. But like dating is an interview. You're trying to see, hey, does this person, is this person going to be a good future spouse? Which is why I'm saying, hey, hey, if you're not into dating, praise God, no rush. Literally no rush. But that is what dating is for. So you've got to check, what are they committed to? The second thing that we see, we're going to kind of work backwards through this. So in verse 6, we see that, um, that he must not be a recent convert or he may be conceited. And the opposite of being conceited is humility. So a godly man is humble. Is, is humble. He, he's not a walk into the room and, and, and is a here I am kind of guy. He's a, hey, how can I serve people? How can I look for people who can't really pay me back in any way, but how can I serve them? They're, they're humble. They're teachable. They don't think they know everything. Now, guys, check this out. I'm going to let you into a little secret in case you didn't know this. But typically, on average, most ladies like guys who are confident. They know baby. They know what they're doing. They know what they're good at and all these things. Again, that's typical on average. They like confidence. But there is a big difference between confidence and arrogance. Like you got to know the difference. Arrogance is it's all about me. I can do this. Hey, put me in, coach. I can do this. Hey, I, I can bench this. I can run that. I, I got this score on this test. I made that chair. I can do this. Confidence is knowing that if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, then he can do everything. It's not a reliance on your power, it's a reliance on God's power. Friends, are you humble? You have to discern. What's the difference between arrogance and confidence? Going in in verse 7, it says that this person has to be of good reputation with outsiders. So the third thing I want you to look at it is look at their reputation. We talked about this a little bit last week, but, but your reputation is who you are to other people. Who you are to other people. What would, and this is not just for guys, this is for ladies as well, what would your parents say about you? What would your friends say about you? What would your coaches say about you, or your teachers, or your siblings? Would they say, oh yeah, this person is a hard worker. Hey, this person's actually really patient. Or would they say, oh my goodness. They act this way on Wednesday night or on Sunday morning, or they act this way at school, but you, you put them at home and they are literally like Satan, you know? Yeah, this person just puts the front on, but like they have this mask they wear all the time. They just put a front because they act this way here, but they don't act this way there. How's your reputation? Who are you when no one's looking? Who are you when it's just your family around you? I'm going to go a little bit further, and I'm going to, again, specifically talk about in the dating section and stuff. 
But um, ladies, fun fact about the guys, guys typically, depending on how much practice they have, um, are really good at saying or doing the right thing to get you to like them. I get it, middle school ain't no one, we call it, you know, what is it, the Riz, right, or Riz, whatever that is, the Riz, right? No, I'm kidding. Some people got it, some people don't. But here's what that is. That is literally putting up a front, saying the thing, doing the thing to get you to like them. And that is by far, for the most part, not always 100% accurate. If you've ever applied for a job, they'll normally put a couple things on the back page or they'll say, hey, who are your references? I want to check people who you've worked with to see what are you actually really like. And so, ladies, if we're, if we're talking about the guys here, and, and a guy, you know, has the, you know, audacity or the strength to, like, ask you out on a date, I would be really cautious before saying yes. I would, I would check some references. Especially if they're here on a Wednesday night, man, I'd check with their small group leader and be like, hey, tell me about so-and-so. We got a a social media world. We got a social media world. Guys, you will call me crazy, but you would almost be not smart to not check with an ex and be like, hey, what is that person really like? You guys broke up for a reason. Why? I would want to know. You don't want to know? I I mean, because you're only going to hit one side of the story. So I'd just be like, hey. What's this person's reputation? What are they like? Because they'll put up the front for sure. But what are you really like? And you got to check their reputation. Let's go back to verse 4. So in verse 4 and 5, this person is talking about a, a godly man is able to manage his family well. He's able to manage his children well. And in order to, to do that, in order to manage all these things well, in order to lead well, which is, this is what they're talking about. They're talking about, hey, would this person be a good leader for the church? Leadership always takes initi- uh, initiative. Being able to take initiative. You're taking notes. That's the next thing. How are they with taking initiative? Guys, how are you with taking initiative and leading? Because, again, if, if the end goal is marriage, I would say, biblically speaking, guys have the responsibility and burden of leading their family. So then dating is practicing and, and seeing, hey, what is it going to be like? If, how, how will they do with leading in marriage? And so in order for you to lead well in marriage, you should practice leading well in dating. In order to lead well in dating, you should practice leading yourself well. Do you lead yourself well? Do you lead yourself in, in the sense of like, I am a good steward with my time, my talent, and my treasure? I know not everyone works, but how are you doing with your money? How are you doing with your free time that you got? How do you spend that? Are you a good steward of it? Let's go this route. We don't talk about it a whole lot on Wednesday nights, but how are you doing with your purity? I know, uh, you know, we got six grades in, in this room tonight. So how are you doing with leading yourself and putting up boundaries up for yourself and be like, I'm not going to do that. How are you doing with leading yourself well? But let's say you are dating or you want to date. How do you lead in dating? Because I'm a firm believer, dating is not marriage, right? And in marriage, there's this thing called a covenant, right? So a covenant is different than the contract. Covenant is you making a commitment between your spouse and God at the same time, which is why God takes it very, very seriously. So 
you don't have a covenant with someone that you're dating. So let's say, for example, you were to do something that the other person doesn't like when you're dating. Guess what? You can peace out. You can break up. And if, if this person does something where in the interview process you're like, I don't like that. I don't want you to be my baby mama or my baby daddy. Then break up. Th- that's the time. Because once you're, in a mar- once you're married, you're stuck. That, that's the whole till death do us part thing. You are stuck, for better or worse. So you better find out now in dating, how are they doing with different things? So, so then with that, though, in dating, like, you don't get the same amount of responsibility and, and authority, like, in dating. And so that's where it's like, okay, so then how do you practice leading in dating? Again, I'm talking to the guys. How do you practice leading? And I think there's two ways that we'll touch on tonight. And the first one, I've already kind of vaguely mem- uh, mentioned it is you can lead in purity. You can lead in purity. You can literally be the one where you, again, it's all about taking initiative, where you say, here's the boundaries. We're not, you're not going to be, like, we're not going to have the 2 a.m. car ride conversations until, you know, 2 in the morning. That's not smart. Hey, you're not going to be at my house past this time. That's not smart. Hey, you're not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Like, you can lead by taking initiative and putting up the boundaries. Be like, hey, we're not going to do this. But there's one other way that you can lead in dating. Guys, I'm going to tell you a little something else about, about ladies. And ladies, if this is too stereotypical, um, let's talk after the service. But I, I have found to be true that on average, most women wander all the time. They wander all the, all the time. They wonder, hey, what did, what did he mean by that? Hey, what... When, when he texted and he put the period there, why didn't he put the exclamation mark there? Why? Is he angry at me? Why did he? Huh. Are we good? What did I not do? Like, like, and, and, they, and then they start wondering about all these other things. Like, why didn't you send, why did you send that laughy emoji instead of that laughy emoji? <laughs> why? You just, you just wonder. You wonder, like, hey. Are we good? What did you mean by that? It was so funny. Lydia and I, like, love of my life, we do this all the time. Where it's like, hey, there's a difference between I love you and love you. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, what's going on? Are we good? What's happening here? Like, like so, so it's not just a lady thing. But, guys, typically, ladies wonder. And so how can you lead in dating? You can lead by providing clarity. You can provide clarity. Let me, let me tell you this. You can take initiative, lead, and remove confusion. Because, guys, leaders, remove confusion and provide clarity. Don't let the lady, don't let the lady wander, does he really like me? Don't, don't let that person just think like, man, are we actually good? Because we left off at that, so what did you think about me? No, leaders remove confusion and provide clarity. I got this from somebody else, and they said that clarity is kindness. And you can take initiative in that. Guys, come on. You can lead. Lead in purity, lead in clarity. Going back to verse 2, verse 2 and 3, there's just a a big list of things. And, And so it's talking about... Um, how they're above reproach, they're faithful to their wife, they're temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. 
There's a bunch of things here, but it's summarized in one of those specifically, and it's self-control. A godly man is self-controlled. And there's a, a couple of different specific examples of how they're self-controlled, um, but there's one specifically that I want to touch on, um, and it's anger. So most of y'all, unless you have been living under a rock, know that we uh, joyfully won the Super Bowl on Sunday, right? And anyone go to the parade? Anyone go to the parade? Yeah, I went back, like, Lady and I, we went in 2020, and we're like, we're good. We, we checked the box. It was too cold. We're just like, let's go. Hey, so if you went, awesome. Today was the day to do it. Good weather. Um, well, sorry. Guys, that's not, don't, don't take that. Like, the weather, the weather was perfect. Don't, don't be, oh, gosh. This is being recorded. I'm going to get fired. Anyway. Anyway. A couple days ago, Lydia was asking, hey, what do you think of the uh, Super Bowl, like the halftime performance? And I told her, I was like, I didn't really watch it. And not because it's not like super entertaining for me, but mostly because there was something that happened. And I was like, I, it just the perks of having the job that I do, everything's got to be a sermon illustration. And so how many of y'all know about, about this? Let's, let's see this picture. How many of y'all know about, know, about, know about this? Raise your hand if you don't, you aren't familiar with this. There's a couple people. Okay, so um, what was happening? The first uh, two quarters, so the first half of the game on Sunday, uh, was really hard for the Chiefs. And so there was a point in the game where uh, we had fumbled it in the red zone, meaning we're close to the end zone. We're getting ready to score, but we fumble it instead. And so then Travis Kelsey, our tight end, he was on the sideline when this play happened. And so then what he does in um, passion is what he called it. Um, and, and an overwhelming sense of emotion, he runs up to his coach, and he's screaming, put me in, I got to be in there, what are we doing, like all of these things. And, and I have listened to interviews, I listened to his podcast today and stuff, just because I'm like, I want to I know, like, what were you thinking about? But regardless of what will happen, like, this is two examples of self-control. One is a great example of self-control. And the other one is what not to do. One is not self-control. Again, and, and if you look online, like, bro, it's crazy. People are, it's so, like, divisive. Some people are like, guys, like, you just, you don't know what it's like to be in the Super Bowl. Like, you got to, like, he's just, he's fired up. He's emotional. He cares about the game. Like, you, you just, you don't, it's just a, a coach and player relationship. And then the other people are, like, that looks like a red flag. Imagine, imagine, let's just say this is a lady. And imagine what would happen if you saw a guy screaming at a lady like that. All I'm saying is, 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 is whether or not, and again, I, I listened to all the interviews and he, he I he was explaining all the things, and, and sure, he, he technically, if you listen to it, he says, yeah, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done it, but all I'm saying is that this is an example of what happens when you don't have self-control, specifically over your anger. Guys, how are you right now with controlling your anger? And this is something that God's been teaching me over the last couple of weeks, is that anger doesn't always look like this. I was telling my small group a couple weeks ago that, man, like, 
I really do think I'm struggling right now with anger, but it doesn't, I'm not yelling at anyone. It just anger in this season has been looking like, I'm just going to give everyone the silent treatment. I'm going to leave. I'm going to step away. I don't want to talk to you right now. It's still anger. It just looks different. Sure, this is really easy to spot out. Oh, yeah, that's anger. But there's still an aspect where I'm like, guys, like, and again, this is not just for y'all. This is for me, too. Like, all of these things, these six things are all things that all of us should grow in. But when it comes to being self-controlled with your anger, how are you doing? One other thing when it comes to self-control is in this first phrase, there's the, the, the line that he is faithful to his wife. And in the Greek, there's, it's one specific phrase where it translates word for word like a one-woman man. That, that's how it, it translates. And so some Bible versions will, will say some kind of version of this. But the, the meaning of one-woman man means you only do married stuff with your wife. I'm intentionally being vague because I know we got sixth grades. But you only do married stuff inside of marriage to your one wife. So what this is meaning, what this is meaning is that a lot of y'all, like, you, when, you read, when you read that, you checked out because it's like, well, I don't, I don't get the opportunity to practice that because I'm not married, so I can kind of just do whatever I want. And the Bible would say, no, 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 no. What you get to do if you're not married is practice self-control with your purity because we only get to do that, you know, married stuff inside of marriage. And so if you're going to go outside of marriage to, to feel good or, or anything that happens inside of marriage, then what you are saying, not just to yourself, but you're saying to your girlfriend and, and, or to the ladies, you're, if you're willing to go outside of marriage to, to feel good in the way that is only meant inside of marriage. And what you're saying to your boyfriend or to your girlfriend is, hey, I'm kind of okay with no self-control in this area, and I'm okay to go outside of marriage to feel good. And what you're doing is you're practicing how to cheat when you get married. Genuinely. Like, if you're willing to go outside of marriage now, then what's going to stop you 10, 20 years, Lord willing, when you do get married and you still have those same urges, all you've done is practice how to not have self-control with that one thing. But a godly man, and, and we can even include a, a godly woman, has self-control in their purity. One more thing. Um, uh, yeah, one more thing. In verses 5 and 6, we see how leading in the home is, is an example of like, hey, it's good practice because why would he be good at leading a church or ministry or anything like that if he's not good at leading at home well? And, and what all these things are looking at is we're looking to see, hey, is this guy trustworthy? Is this guy trustworthy? This is going back to the whole character thing. This is, this is really quick. We talked about this in the reputation and in the commitment. But is, are you trustworthy? And, and not like, can I trust you with my wallet? Which that is part of it, for sure. But this is more like, hey, can I trust you to just follow through on what you said? Like, if you said you're going to be here at 8, are you going to be here at 8? 
if you're going to, hey, I'm going to do this, you actually do it. Again, th- like being trustworthy is not just a guy-specific character trait. So ladies, this is for you too. All of us should be trustworthy. We've got to be trustworthy. And so guys, here you go. Here, here are six things. That's just a really good starting point for like, hey, if you want to grow in, in just your character and you want to grow in being more like Jesus, like, like then this is honestly just a good place to start. And ladies, I said this at the beginning, I'm going to tell you now, do not settle. Please don't settle for anyone else, for anyone that is less than Jesus. But we also started by addressing the fact that some of y'all don't want to date. You're, you are a sixth grader where the, the biggest thing in your life is everything but dating. Again, that is awesome, and I'm not upset with that at all. So why does this matter? Why, why would going through these six character traits matter? Because if you're going to try to win in, uh, you know, being a person who's humble, and if you want to win in, in having self-control, if you want to be a trustworthy person, then you have to make really hard decisions over and over and over. So being a person of high character is hard. So why would you do that? And I would say it's because building your character in these areas is, is forming you and shaping you to be more like Jesus. Romans 8, 29 will, will say that uh, we have been chosen and saved so that we can spend the rest of our life being shaped into being more like Jesus, not looking like Jesus, not just wearing the cross necklace and having the, you know, the verse in the bio and everything like that, but like actually being more like Jesus. So why, why should you watch your commitments? Let, let's just summarize this. Why should you watch your commitments and be committed to the right things? Why should you be humble? Why should you um, have a good reputation? Why should you take initiative? Why should you have self-control and be trustworthy? Because all of these things make you to look more like Christ. They make you look more like Christ. And being like Christ is the goal. You see, Christ is the one. He's 100% God, 100% man. He was the one that took initiative. And he was committed to loving you so that he humbled himself by leaving all the perfection of heaven so he could come down to the earth so that he could pay for our sin against God. He did that. So 100% God, 100% man, Jesus, who, who had absolute power and total control of angel armies, millions and millions of angels, and st- he literally held them back. He, he practiced and modeled perfect self-control where as he was dying by the very people he created, he let them. He let rebels that he made kill him. And he died. And he was buried. But rose again from the dead and now he is literally he, he he rose again from the dead and he declared and he proved hey guys i beat sin i beat death and he offers every single one of you guy or girl it doesn't matter he, he says hey if you trust in me you you surrender your life to me as lord you, you know that you know your place that i'm the king and you're not and you ask me to forgive you of your sins then, then guess what? Jesus says that you will be saved and you will be forgiven and we get all of the perks that come from that. The top of them being a restored relationship with the Father. 
And why should you do that? Because he is the most trustworthy person in the whole world. There is no one you can trust more than God. And he proved it by doing all of these things. Friends, no matter your past, no matter what you've done, no matter how much you measure up to those things, no matter how much you don't measure up to those things, there is still the offer and the invitation from Jesus to follow him. Ladies, not only is Jesus the the model and the example that men should follow in order to be, you know, dateable. So, So again, don't date anyone less than someone who is winning in those areas. But more than that, this is not just now for the ladies, it's also for the guys. There is no one who can satisfy and fulfill you and make you whole and make you complete like Jesus. Let me tell you this, ladies, boys make terrible saviors. And ladies, sorry, guys, same thing. Girls make terrible saviors because we're all not perfect. We let each other down all the time, and it doesn't change once you put a ring on it. But Jesus won't. Jesus won't ever let you down. Christ is enough. And so to the guys, I pray that you would follow Christ's example more and to, to be like him. And to everyone, I, I genuinely pray that every single one of us would know that no matter what, Christ is enough. Let me pray. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for for all the things that he modeled for us. Thank you that that he he came and died for us. And and so I just ask that if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, God, I pray that they would be curious and they would ask a leader. They would would have real conversations with you tonight about what does it mean to, to saying yes to you. God, I pray that all of us would just grow in our faith. That we would spend the rest of our lives, we would make hard decisions the rest of our lives to being more like Jesus. Because you're awesome. I pray that we would do this all for your glory, God, for our joy, for everyone else's joy. In Jesus' name.